All right, let's jump in this word then. We'll jump in the word, yeah. and um, we're in the book of Matthew right now. I, I, I saw something. What did you see in Matthew's gospel? Little is much when God is in it. Chapter 9. Chapter 9. Uh, verse 10. 9, 10. A hypocrite is a hypocrite. They can't help but be hypocrites. These Pharisees were hypocrites. They were fussing because he was in the publican's house and was eating dinner with sinners. But it says, and they sat down with him. They went into the house and sat down and ate with him. They, they were being hypocrites. Legalism yeah. is hypocritical. Yeah. It's putting on something that somebody can't walk in that you say you are walking in, yeah. but are not walking in, but, but demand other people to walk in. They're fussing at him going inside and sit down and eat. But they went inside and sat down and eat. And from their mind, they were... They were this idea is they disassociated themselves from them and from him yeah. and went in to investigate yeah. what he was doing. You see, but that's what the, that's what the hypocrite does. It's a house. Even a big house wouldn't be no bigger than this, this part of our house here. I mean, a big house back in those days was, I mean, you know, they could have stood outside and did all the investigation they wanted to do. I mean, they, but they went inside and sat down. They got comfortable. They got they got comfortable in their hypocritical state. I mean, I just, I just saw Checking it. out what was going on. Yeah. I mean, but no solution for anybody there. No, no, no. No desire. Uh-huh. The desire for the hypocrite, no matter how you look at it, or somebody who, you know, there's a difference between being uh, a legalist there's difference between being licentiousness and those who are operating under the grace of God. You know, licentual, those who are licentious are those who uh, just all out liberty, freedom, go how you want, do what you want. Yeah. You're a free spirit. You're a free man. Yeah. Live it up while you can. God's going to forgive you. God loves you. God cares for you. And he wants the best for you. Go get all you want. Have the desires of your heart, whatever they are. I mean, if it's homosexuality, run after it. If it's multiple women, run after it. If it's whatever, you just go do it. It doesn't. It's not going to change a thing. It doesn't have an effect on anything. You just go get what you want. Live your best life right now. Go have fun. Be free. Be liberated. Just go. That's what God wants you to do. The happier you are the more delighted God is for you, whatever that might be. That's that picture of the uh, licentious person. And then you have those on the other side, which would be your your legalists, who point out everybody's problems minus their own, but never provide solutions for the issues that they're pointing out. They're always casting doubt, always casting shame, always casting um, um, this, this idea, exactly what Jesus was teaching them when he says, uh, judge not without mercy, judge not without compassion, judge not without truth, judge not without wisdom. 
It's not that we don't judge because you can't help but judge. Judging is as natural as your next yeah. breath. You, you're going to judge. Everybody's going to judge. You want you got to judge me, and I got to judge you. It's just a what fact of life. By the measure you judge, it's going to be measured back to you. So if your judgment's without truth, it, you're going to be judged without that measure of truth from people. That's how it's going to return back, and you're going to be void and empty of that if your judgment's without mercy you're going to be judged without mercy you know so we want our judgment to be redeeming we want our judgment all god's judgment toward us is redemptive it's it's reachable it's um reconciling it's to transform us when he points out that you don't, you don't have to condemn what's already condemned. It's already. That's what Jesus said. I didn't come to condemn you. You already condemned. I come to set you free, but not for you to go after whatever you want. I come to set you free to come follow me. And, and that's the difference between that legalist and that licentious person. We want to operate within the grace of God that recognizes that our, our, our strength and our righteousness and everything we are is found in Christ. And he has the solution for us in life. And we are imperfect people casting our imperfections upon him. But he's transforming us. He's changing us with his truth. His truth is setting us free not to go after what our flesh would desire. That's why we mortify the flesh. That's why we put no confidence in the flesh. Uh, how do they overcome that beast in Revelation 12, 11? By the blood of the lamb, the word of the testimony, that they love their lives not even unto death. You know, so uh, that's that picture of what it means to be covered under that blood and following after Jesus. Uh, we see them, they, they were in there not to be a, a, a help. They didn't have a solution for Matthew, no. Levi. No. They, didn't, they didn't have an answer for what Jesus was doing, all these prostitutes and all that was there, they just come in to cast questions where, where it says that um, they said to the disciples or they said not why, it's in the form of a question, but not why does he sit with sinners and publicans. It goes more that your master sitting with sinners and publicans. Not, not in the sense that I'm going to, why is he, can you really tell me What's in his heart? Why, why is he doing what he's doing? Is he doing this to, to bless them, to help them, to deliver them? No, it, it was a question in doubt. Very similar to how Satan asked questions. Has God surely said, you shall not yeah. eat? You know, that, that's that, that question is always to manipulate, yes. not to really understand the cause of a thing. And, um, and that's what the hypocrite does. The hypocrite doesn't want to know why you're doing what you're doing. They question why you're doing what you're doing and can care less for your answers for, for giving them uh, why you're doing what you're doing. They, they've already cast condemnation on you and they're not even going to give you a chance to answer uh, your cause in that. Right. And, and Jesus knew what they were doing. And that's why he told them. He said, hey, I didn't come for those that don't need a physician. I come for those that need help. And won't you go learn this? Go learn that it's, it, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Because what they did is that they sinned like everybody else was sinning. 
but they perfected the sacrifice. Yeah. They put more emphasis on bringing the sacrifice to the Lord than doing righteousness and trusting the Lord. And that's what David gets back to. David said, if you require to burn offering or a sacrifice, I'd give it. But that's not what you're looking for, a broken and contrite spirit. Not that you become good at sacrificing a lamb. Not that you're good with knowing what to bring when you mess up. But that your aim is to, to walk with the Lord and not just cover it with a sacrifice when you mess up. You, you, there's a world of difference there. And that's what these Pharisees were good at. They were really good at publicly demonstrating that they had superior insight and understanding and knowledge than everybody else. It was like, look at me, what I'm doing. And that's why a lot of this on the Sermon of the Mount is all about be careful how you walk in seeking people's attention. Because if that's all you're seeking, the attention of people, that's all you're going to get. If you're doing your, your services, your, your giving, whatever it may be for people's attention, that's what you're going to get. Don't look at your, your gift as the reward. Look at the reward of your gift as the value. Not what you're given. That's not the value of it. The value of it is how the reward of that gift will be given. How does God see it? Their treasure was in being elevated publicly. So their foundation couldn't support their elevation. And, and usually they can't see that. Well, you're deceived. That's the problem. The deception, you don't know you're deceived. That's right. That's the ugly thing about being deceived. A deceived person has no clue they're deceived. That's right. And we've all seen them. And people just... We've all been there. Hey, hey, yeah. We've all been there. Some people have the capacity to learn. It depends oh, wow. on, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking, talking now, you, to, you, yeah, you, take, you take like some yeah. people that just doesn't have that capacity. No matter what you teach them, no matter what you show them, they just don't have the capability. They can do other stuff that you might not be able to do, but they can't get in that. I, I don't see a good grade. It's just not in my, my gifting to see like, yeah. Some, some people could walk out, Tommy, Greg, my dad, Jeremy probably can, can walk outside and look at that hillside out here and get a rough grade on it. What would it take to flatten that area out and put a pad on it just by sight? Yeah. Where I couldn't do that. Yeah, I can't. I could get an idea, but I'd wind up getting it way too high over here and even shooting with, with instruments and all that, um, you know, some people can be extremely accurate with it. They can, yeah. they can see it with an eye. They've done it enough right. that they'd be right on with, a pe with an instrument doing right. it, you know. And God gives you a talent just like yours is preaching. Yeah. You wouldn't want me to preach. That, that's what I'm saying. And so some people are, are equipped and gifted to do things that other people yeah. are not, and we just want to recognize that. And sometimes we can try to force something that just ain't going to happen. And I think that happens at different times. So we try to force a thing. Then there's that person that thinks they can do it and can't. We've seen that before too. And, and, and we probably have all been there yeah. where we thought we can do something but really wasn't what we thought we were. That's you right. know, yeah. And for, for an example, this idea with judgment. Look in chapter 7, verse number 1. Judge not that you be not judged. Now, obviously... 
countless times throughout the scriptures, we're taught to judge righteously. So he's never telling us to judge not from the perspective of never judge. It, this is all in the measure of judgment. What are we using as a standard of judgment? Are we judging righteously or are we judging from a natural? Anything naturally done in us is corruptible based on the fall. Right. So as I mentioned earlier, it's natural for us to judge things. As natural as it is for a man to be attracted to a woman or a woman to a man, as natural as it is to breathe, we have to make judgment on everything we see and hear and touch and smell. We're always making judgment. I'm making judgment on what Brother Shannon just said. You're making judgment on what I'm saying. That's just part of it. Wisdom makes judgment on everything. That's why we need wisdom and the discernment that wisdom gives so that we can make a sound judgment based on God's judgment and not based on our natural inclinations because that which is natural is corrupted. That which from the flesh is corrupted. So we have to have an outside source to help us make this judgment. So we don't want our judgment to be without things and we want them to be with things. We want them to be with righteousness. We want them to be with with redemption with redeeming qualities with reconciliation because every time god judges his judgment is to r reach and redeem and reconcile that which is being judged with mercy and, 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 charity. and with wisdom and all those things that come together with it but what what he what we find here is when he point out say wait a minute you you see a speck in your brother's eye but fail to recognize you got a plank in your own eye. Right. You know, and the idea of, okay, you see something wrong with the way your brother is, he's got something in his eye and something wrong with the way he sees because he's got a little speck in it, but you got a toothpick stuck in yours and you don't even realize it from that perspective because that kind of judgment removes me from, the, from judgment. That's saying that I'm disqualified. You can't judge me, but I can judge you. Right. That's that mentality. Of, and anytime we disqualify ourselves as if our, our life, our thinking, our thoughts, our ways of life are untouchable, but all we do is look at the other person to deal with them, we're already set up in the wrong position to make judgment to begin with. We're in that deceived place. So what he's saying is, take a look at yourself. Whatever you're judging them by, examine your own life. Take a look at your own self. Remove what is the problem where, where you are, and then help your brother out. So if you he's got a speck, you help him. So you can see clearly. So you can see properly. So you're not, you're not twisted. You're not deceived. You're not just looking at him and not looking, to you, looking at yourself. And I think that's one of the big issues is that these Pharisees, for an example, exempted themselves. They had society, because of their own push, had elevated them to a place where they were untouchable. They couldn't be touched. You couldn't say a word about them. They were all okay. They couldn't be part of the Pharisees unless they were okay. So don't even look at me, but I can look at you. There's a system set up that um, has condoned these things for so long. This is just the expectation. We, we have created 
some problems with that. I, I wrote something down I'm looking for that goes along with this idea. The only way to judge righteously and with mercy is to have a standard of righteous judgments. That would have to be outside of us. We, we don't have a standard of righteous judgments on our own. I mean, even our, our laws and constitutions, many of them are polluted because of, of um, the, as the scripture says in 9420, shall the throne of iniquity, which would be people in authority, power, uh, which devises evil by law, shall they have fellowship with you. So we know legislation often creates evil but makes it legal. Abortion is one of those things that they created and made legal. That was an evil thing. We, we have to then have a standard. We have to have a standard to make a judgment on what has been made a standard in our society. And that's got to be something that is pure, something that is true, something that is, that is outside of this world. And that comes from our, the Word of God. This includes how we examine ourselves and others. We need a standard of judgment for ourselves. If I exempt myself from being correctly judged or unwisely label my ways as being untouchable and not reviewable, my analysis of others will be one-sided and I will incorrectly judge their faults as I overlook or fail to correctly judge my own. And that's what is happening with these, this idea of noticing something small in your brother and failing to see something ginormous in your own journey. And, and that's basically saying that I, I've made myself untouchable. I've exempted myself from a standard of righteous judgment. And now I'm using an incorrect judgment on my brother because I'm not even touching myself in yeah. this. I'm looking beyond me and just looking at him and I can't see what's wrong with me, and therefore I, I, my judgment's polluted from the beginning. Sure. And uh, so Jesus is in this kingdom way of thinking. So uh, our judgment should be, you know, judge not to hurt, judge not to damage, judge not to destroy, judge not to disgrace, judge not to shame. Our judgments done God's way will be righteous, redeeming, reachable, and reconcilable. That's the whole point is we want to reconcile people to him because the penalty for whatever they've done has been paid for in Christ. He was judged. And that's what we want to help people recognize and see for our own self as well as him. This idea of uh, judging without love, judging without mercy, judging without truth, judging without helping and without blessing and without compassion without equipping or first thinking about the measure of judgment is only setting ourselves up for a polluted judgment. But only polluted thoughts, thinking, produce polluted thoughts about a thing. So you got to make sure the source that's coming in you is pure so that you can make a pure judgment that's overflowing out of you. And if you don't have that, you can't see right. And uh, so we, we, need, we need God's help. It's kind of like a dam on a river. What goes into a dam, you know, inflow produces outflow. Yeah. So what's flowing in the dam is going to flow out of the dam. 
Same way with us. What flows in our thinking, our hearts, is what's going to flow out of us. So it depends on what, what river I'm damming up. Am I damming up a polluted, corrupted river, or am I damming up the river of life that's flowing through me, which we have access to in the grace of God? You know, that, that's what I want to flow through my life so that would deal with me as I deal with other people. It's not that we overlook issues, but we deal with stuff in our own personal life as we help other people. Amen? Amen? Well, look, we probably need to head on out. I got a couple things going on this morning with this family dedication and got people coming in and family and stuff like that. And I got to organize my, my goods to give away this morning. But it's always a joy. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe so. Lord willing, it'll work out. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for this time that we can share. Uh, just everyday life, knowing that you are involved in our everyday life, that we get to follow you, that you disciple us and lead us through. We're thankful that your word gives us such clarity and such <coughs> beauty and, and richness, correcting, uh, loving and tender kindness uh, just continues to flow in us when we are indulging ourselves in this revelation that we have. I pray that you continue to teach us and that when we do uh, see things as we can't help but see them, that we would make a righteous, solid, God-fearing judgment on everything we hear, see, and uh, touch in this life and that you would be honored and glorified, that we would help reconcile those that are lost that we would reconcile the brethren to each other and that we would go do what you set us apart to do. And we just thank you for it. Thank for these men, their families. We ask you to be with the, our other guys that are spread out and in different places this morning, that you'll use them where they are on assignment as missionaries. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.